Well, hello and welcome along to the FreeBets.com Racing Podcast. Of course, I'm Ed Quigley, uh, your host, and delighted to say I'm joined by eight times champion jockey Peter Scudamore and our FreeBets.com resident tipster, if you like, Alan Kelly. Gentlemen, how are you? You well, Scooby, come to you first. How's life in sunny Scotland? Yeah, it's fine. Um, everybody here wanting a bit of racing, same as down south, really, isn't it? That, you know, um, we just need this weather to clear up. It hasn't been bad. It's just been hanging on a bit. Um, we just want to get some racing going. You know, we're getting towards Cheltenham now and uh, these are the final trials and it, it, it's difficult for trainers and horses when it's the, the trials are delayed. Uh, so, you know, I think these horses need a good break between their trial and Cheltenham. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Alan, has it been a break for you or you've been ramping up your uh, anti-post portfolio for the, the Cheltenham Festival and beyond? Yeah, it has been a bit of a break. Um, I mean, what racing we have had in January has been a little bit disappointing due to the heavy ground. And um, so it's been more or less of a case of looking forward to the future rather than January in particular. Um, absolutely watching yeah. brief and taking notes and um, exactly yeah well so i hope, hope what you're doing at home while you're watching and of course um do follow us on our social media channels on twitter on facebook uh at odds watch which of course is the racing branch of freebets.com and uh ladies and gentlemen if you do like to bet uh please do gamble responsibly now what we're going to do, this is being filmed um, on Friday morning, uh, a few hours before into the scheduled race course inspection at Cheltenham, where I can tell you, having living not that far away from the course, there's been a lot of rain uh, overnight. And I'd say <coughs> pros prospects are looking shaky, shall we say. So what we're going to do, we're going to look at the very good card at Doncaster first, get stuck into the town more action, look at the... Uh, the highlights, if you will, a couple of the big talking points from January. And then in the second half of this podcast, we'll look at Cheltenham's trials day, just in case if Cheltenham does get called off, uh, you at home are not sitting here listening to Swaffle on for half an hour about a meeting which no longer exists. So uh, without further ado, uh, we'll get up to town more. And of course, the Lightning Novices Chase takes place at 1.30. Uh, all eyes, understandably, on unbeaten Chase Shishkin uh, for Nicky Henson. This horse has been absolutely electric, hasn't he, so far, Alan? Uh, official figures suggest he's got the best part of a stone in hand of his rivals. Uh, uh, is this just obvious? He jumps around and wins and uh, shortens up even more for the article in the process. Well, it's, it should be little more than another schooling session, really. I mean, as you said, um, he's £13 higher than... Uh, the two main rivals, Cheddington and um, El Dorado Allen. Um, for the only difference is here, um, Cheddleton um, likes to make the running, so Shishkin could actually have something taking it on. Um, could could possibly put us jumping more to the test. Um, El Dorado Allen, uh, if it runs the way it did at Sandown last time, but prior to that, I mean, it was... Um, I wouldn't say a lucky winner at Cheltenham when um, Gumball fell, but, you know, I mean, it, it was still a decent uh, contest at one. Um, but again, it's it's the form of the Tizard horses, um, which, you know, it's difficult to know what to make of it at the moment. But uh, it's an interesting race, but with a, with a, a clear round of jumping, it's it's hard to see uh, Shiskin being tested at all. But, you know, strange things can happen. 
Yep, so it's a novice chase yeah. after all. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You shouldn't get carried away. <coughs> um, uh, Scoob, we come to you from perhaps uh, from, from a jockey perspective. Now, um, you might find this a bit of a strange question, but if you were Nico de Boinville, would you be trying to almost teach him something, like let him run down a fence, get him close, and then get away, or let him see a stride, or would you just let him lob round, win it one to three? And but my angle is, he's not really going to learn a great deal, is he, going into the arc, which is going to be running at about twice the pace if he kind of just has things his own way, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, it's all funny, isn't it? I mean, it, the, you'd think that should be a straightforward answer, but it's not. Because, you know, when you school a horse at home, you, you always try to be positive, you know, and it, it jumps really well, you're happy. Um, next time you school it, it misses the ditch, and you say, oh, I'll do it good, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's sort of the lesson. So, I mean, what do you want? Do you want it, you know, I was thinking there with, Shishkin with Shuttleton taking him on, on, on some ways you'll say, well, that's good. It'll be taken on in the arc a bit. As I say, when you when you get to Cheltenham, the difference is here, there's only one winner, really, if, if he stands up Shishkin. So the other people will be riding with a slightly different, the other jockeys will be riding with a slightly different mindset. When you get to Arkle, everybody thinks they've got a chance. And, and so the intensity of the race is, is different. But, I mean, I do not, everything can fall. You know, I've you know, go back to, I'm so old, I can remember pictures of Arkle making mistakes in the, in the Gold Cup. Arkle's made mistakes. But this horse looks a particularly good jumper. I have been so impressed with him. I do not want to put any uh, kiboshes on him, but he is a very, very good jumper. And I think um, he looks an exceptional talent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really excited prospect. Uh, good to see him. And of course, the arc always starting to shape up nicely, isn't it? Uh, won't, we won't harbour on too much about the Charlton Festival uh, in this show. But of course, uh, uh, we've got All Mankind, of course, heads the Kingmaker, uh, like the, leading the, the remainder of the British Challenge, if you like. And Enogemini, maybe. I'll give that as a pronunciation for the uh, the Willie Mullins horse. Uh, I'll leave you two gentlemen to, to t- take that one away later. But um, yeah, it, it's starting to shape up to be a pretty good race. But yeah, it should be. Should be straightforward for Shishkin at Tamworth on Saturday. Uh, the 2.40 is the River Don, the uh, Albert Bartlett novices hurdle, the Albert Bartlett trial, if you like, many respects. Now, for official figures or anything to go by, this looks absolutely wide open. You could throw a blanket over most of these. And uh, Alan, I'll let, I'll let you kick this one off. Is, uh, have you got a strong opinion on this or do you think this is kind of seven or eight horses here, all in yeah. with real chances? I've got a strong opinion that it's impossible. I went through the reascent. The first thing I like to do was to eliminate horses. Right. I couldn't. I thought the most interesting form was the one of um, Nicky Henderson's Amaya Sacre, which won a handicap at, Chal- at uh, Kempton last time. The horse that finished second, uh, Castle Robin. Um, I think it's a couple of pounders better off at the weight. It was beaten about a length. Um, the Henderson horse is 92, Castle Robbins 14s. It's been beaten in a handicap since then, but I think it finished sixth in a handicap at Kemp, but it ran a lot better than that. Uh, I mean, it was right bang there until the closing stages. From a value perspective, I'd, you know, I'd rather be back in something like Castle Robin each way at 14s than trying to find the winner. Um, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure boat makers will be going four places, maybe it's even five, even though it's not a handicap. Yeah. It's so yeah. open, it's so open, yeah. It does look open. And Scoo, I mean, three, the, the, looking at it, gonna, it's going to be very, pretty testing. I mean, the ground's officially soft on Town Mall now. Three miles there, young horses galloping track. Uh, 
I mean, do you tend to go for the ones that perhaps got a bit more experience or do you like the unexposed types of perhaps moving up from two and a half miles, tackling three for the first time? Or do you think there's no kind of set rule, as it were? No, I think to, to some people's mind, I remember when I was a kid, I didn't really know things, you know, riding for Fred Ryan. Well, he said Doncaster is one of the best tracks in the country. Uh, it's because there's no excuses. With Kempton, you can get stops on the bend, that final bend. With Doncaster, you've got such a long uh, turn up over the top there, and you've got a long straight. It, it depends, you know, they'll gradually come onto the rail. Usually, Doncaster is good ground, but when it does get soft, uh, it gets very, very soft and very tacky. So, with a long straight, with that, not on the turns, you get a bend, you get a breather, but there's not. Anywhere at Doncaster, really, to get a breather. So it's going to be a real staying race. Um, whilst, you know, I agree. I, I have no idea of the winner. I would be looking for something that really stays. Um, maybe their French horse of Henderson's does stay. But this is going to be a, a different test round here at Doncaster. And something like Ask a Honeybee will make it a real test. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it looks a, a horse, a race Four horses who will need stale day. I just wanted to flag one up quickly. It's Rebecca Curtis has got Pat's Fancy in here, who was very interesting. This horse previously to this has almost taken the Liz Nagar Oscar route because it ran in the same Fosslas Maiden uh, before going on to finish second at the uh, Albert Bartlett trial at Cheltenham in December. And there was a little bit of a farcical race of missed flights of hurdles due to low sun and whatever. But he, uh, he actually stayed on very nicely up the hill in the second that day. And look at his pedigree looks packed full of uh, absolute stamina. So, yeah, Pat's fancy. I would um, just throw a good word in for there for the Rebecca Curtis team, which we've seen Liz Degar, Oscar and at Fisher's Cross. That's a type of uh, type of horse she excels with, I think it'd be fair to say. Uh, on to the big one in many ways at 3.15, Skybet Handicap Chase. Um, a couple of yards shy of three miles here. Soft ground. Uh, Cap du Nord's been well-backed uh, all week. Um, no surprise at all, really, given the, the form through Royal Pangai. Um, come to you first, Scoo. Uh, I mean, Christian Williams is having a, a good start, has to be said, in the training ranks. Uh, do you think this is a, a wide-open affair? Or, as, as from a jockey perspective, um, three miles at... Doncaster over fences again as you said would you want to be patient perhaps here or if you've got a horse you know has got stamina in the locker would you want to kick on and try and draw it out of your rivals yeah you would be drawing it out of your rivals you know, with Doncaster jump you know, every course but jumping matters so much because more than galloping up that straight the, the fences pull you up that straight so, and, and sometimes you can get too enthusiastic and go too long and if they put down it's rolling downhill a little bit uh, you can end up on your head or uh, turn over uh, yes I mean you know, from my point of view obviously because of Thomas riding Royal Pug what's the second how do you pronounce Royal Pangai will go with Pangai will go with um, you know I would love to see Captain Orr win um, but I don't think it's you know it, I, 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 Alan's far better at me at coming up with uh Decent prices, Canelo, and and I don't know. Thomas loves one one for the team. Um, he so I, I'm not sure if he rides him. I see David Noonan's down to ride him. Um, he, he found it difficult round Kempton last time, but here on a more staying track, one for the team could offer uh, a little a little bit of value for money. Six to one is hardly going to make us rich, but it's uh, it's one to consider. Like, what do you think, Alan? Yes, um, 
I mean, I think uh, Captain Noah's probably power value around about five to two. Um, it's purely and simply because of the form with Royal Pagai, but the form with Canelo, I mean, they run against each other at Newbury, and there should be very little between the two on that form. And yet, one's five to two, the other's five to one, 11 to two. Um, I'm the same way as Skew. I think uh, one for the team has an excellent chance. Um, I mean, it was beating nine lengths in the Cato Star behind uh, Shan Blue. Um, and I think Nov- you've always got to look at novices, I think, when they go into, uh, into the handicaps. It was beating a length and a quarter off Next Destination, the one of uh, Paul Nichols. I mean, that was pretty good form as well. So for a novice, I think it, you know, it, it, it could be well in. Um, the other one is, from a, from a value perspective, is The Butcher's Said, mm. uh, which is Ollie Murphy's. I mean, it's around about 16 to 1. It, um, I thought it would have a big chance in the rehearsal chase at Newcastle last time. But it was one of them races where it was held up and it was all of those horses that were up with the pace who fought out the finish. And when he tried to make headway, it made a mistake and it just got to the stage where it could never get competitive. But prior to that, it, um, it was beating 20 lengths off the big breakaway in a um, novice chase at Cheltenham. But it was bang there until it um, made a mistake. It, I think it was the second last. And I think it was, uh, um, you know, the form was a lot stronger than that, I think. And prior to that, it had won two versus three over fences. So <laughs> at round about 16 to one, I think, you know, it could make the frame. Yeah. So if his yeah. jumping holds up, obviously, yeah. in, in sl- I could argue off 139 in slightly calmer waters here today. Yeah, rather than exactly. Bang, yeah. Banging your head against uh, graded horses. No, just, yeah. I, I, I had a quick look through it. I thought Canelo. Looked, I was really impressed with the way he won it, the role of Merrick. Jumped to travel beautifully. Uh, interesting to listen to Alan King's comments saying he's so lazy, you almost need to deliver him right at the end. Um, so the, the kind of long straight of Doncaster, I think they'll be looking to keep him almost smothered up as long as they can. Uh, and then Plus the stables in form as well. The, the Alan King team have hit really good form as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it does look wide open, but I think the general consensus is uh, we're all taking on captain or on value grounds uh, yeah, more than exactly. anything. But it, the most important point, uh, as Scoo does allude to, is it'll be really interesting to see how that uh, that form of Royal Pangai um, plays out. And if uh, Captain Or wins by the Lake of Town more than uh, yeah, Royal Pangai will probably be Gold Cup favourite afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, there we go. No, so really interesting race, Skybet Chase. Uh, mixed views on that one. Right now, what we do? We'll look back at a couple of the highlights of January, uh, kicking off the Clarence House chase, which I don't know about you gentlemen, I thought was just as uh, just some watching it, it was a wonderful spectacle, some mm. really, really top class jumping affair, went mad off guy up and uh, come to you, Scoo, with this one uh, first flow, Kim Bailey uh, beforehand described this as this is his gold cup or champion chase as we will and well he duly delivered, didn't he? Jumped impeccably and uh, ran his rivals into the ground yeah, and Paul Nichols was very noble in defeat afterwards, wasn't he? You know, so often they say, "Oh, well, you know, this, that, and the other," but except it, 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 the excuses you got beat. Um, interesting. I should have looked this up. Perhaps Alan will know. Is this is this race a good trial for the champion chase? I don't know. So often, Asker isn't a good trial. That novice chase no. is is not a good trial. It, so well, Alan said it that. You know, I won the novice chase round there many times, thinking, "Oh, this will go to the win." What, what mm. was the Sun Alliance? And I get kicked. You know, one man and those horses. I, I, I can't think of the other horses I've won it on, but um, I didn't ride one man, but I rode other horses. Mm. And 
you know, whilst there has been winners from that three-mile novice chase that come won the RSC, it, 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 it's not a lot. So, yeah, it was a good race. Um, I wouldn't, yeah, I, I wouldn't be putting those in my Cheltenham bets at the moment. Right. Okay. I mean, on, on the on the well, I think we've, we've discussed this previously on on the terms of the the right-handed, left-handed. I mean, connections say they're almost forced now. They've got to go to Cheltenham, having thumped the reigning champion chaser by ten lengths or whatever. I mean, is there anything you could do at home to kind of eradicate a natural right-hand preference, or is that just the way it is? Shall we say? No. I mean, the most famous example of all time is, is Desert Orchid, isn't he? He he was a far better. No, that's unfair. He was a it was seen that he was a better horse right-hander around Kempton and Sandown, but then he came on to Cheltenham Gold Cup. So, uh, obviously, if you're... And the reason they jump left or right, I, th I think we've tried to allude to it before, is is because, you know, why are we left-handed or, or right-handed? Sometimes it can get a little bit stronger on the left-hand or the right-hand, or it can be a bit of pain, or it, it can just be because they're a bit stronger, they... they they like to find themselves a bit of room going one way or the other. I've known horses. I read a very good horse, Young Hustler. He'd go both ways. He, you ran him on a right-handed track, you go left. If you go on a left-handed track, you go right. So you went down the middle on him, you know. Um, so it, a lot of it is riding. But that, so unless you ride, it's just hard to understand what I'm saying here. But when they lean on one side, and you tend to pull them. So if they're, lean, if they're going right, you tend to pull them left. And that makes them lean more. So a lot of it is, is trying, to, trying to get your hands, not get them leaning that way. Um, so at home, you would. it's not as if you will keep schooling him right and he, he won't go left anymore. That, that's not like that. You would check his feet. You would get his, make sure he's not building up muscle one way or the other. Carvel's Hill, there was another one. He could only go left-handed, really, because he had a weakness. He had a... I can't remember, he had a joint in his hip that was wrong, and then he therefore he always jumped away from it. Um, so it, there's not much you can do, uh, but what's Paul Nichols' good horse? Uh, he won round Weatherby. They, they said that he could only go uh, Sir, right. Surname. Yeah. Surname. He could only yeah. go right. So they do overcome it, but they probably, you know, you. That's another reason you get good horses around Ascot and not so good horses around Cheltenham. You know they don't they don't perform so well around Cheltenham. That would be my opinion. No, fascinating insight. It really is. And Alan, uh, as well as the right-handed issue, I suppose there's the ground issue, which in in normal years, uh, looking at first flow going to the Charter Festival, you say, well, he's got no chance because the ground will be good. But uh, we've known in recent times uh, yeah. things have been a bit different. Uh, I mean, Kim Bailey's almost said that when he rides on heavy, to him it feels like he's on good ground. Uh, it, Look, two things here. In itself, it was a wonderful performance by First Flow. Um, I mean, how do you break down the, the race itself? And then going forward, out of those that from that race, who do you think's got the best prospects going <coughs> forward to the festival? Well, I think the race itself, I mean, if you stop the race at halfway, um, both Politolog and First Flow must have been 10, 12 lengths clear of the rest. And it got to the stage where the chasing pack thought, well, we've got to make ground up here. And they started to make ground just as the, the track was rising. So they actually tried to make the ground up at the hardest part of the race. So by the time they came round into the straight, they'd used so much energy trying to close the gap that they couldn't make any more ground up on the front too. And you take a horse like Waiting Patient, which was finished second in the King George, you would expect it to be staying on at the finish, and yet it couldn't be a ground up on first floor or political log. 
I just think it was a, it was one of those races that you could run it again, you would get a totally different result. Really? Yeah, I do. Um, I must admit, first floor, I mean, it was lo- lovely to see Kim Bailey have another a grade one. I mean, you know, from the Halcyon days of the Alderbrooks and the Master Oates and mm. the Mr. Frisks, great, great for Kim Bailey. But I'll be amazed if, if first floor's got enough to win it. Um, champion chase. It'll be a totally different race altogether. For me, the the horse I would take out of it is the one of Venetia Williams, Fanny on Destreval. Okay. Um, it it could never get into a challenging position. It was pretty much in the same position as um, Deffy Dessert and waiting patiently. And when when he tried to make headway, it stayed on, but it could never get to them. But I mean, it was only beating ahead of waiting patiently for third. And um, it's probably going to go for either the champion chase or the Ryanair. I'm not going to say it, it can win either of those, but it's going to be a big price. It's going to be a 33 to 1, 40 to 1 shot. It wouldn't surprise me if it made the frame. Uh, yeah. There's definitely a, just things haven't gone right for that horse since it came from can France. I just come in, can yeah. I just come in there? Absolutely. Hi, you know, Peter. <laughs> myself, no, that's true. I'm not, in myself as a jockey, I find... A lot of people who haven't ridden or the journalists don't always get it. And the difference between riding Ascot and Cheltenham is, to, is you get points in a race where you're trying to, to be. And Ascot, you're trying to get from Swinney Bottom. And if you can get in it, I've, this is my mind, I've won races at Ascot on. Swindley Bottom, and then if you've got enough energy, you can jump. You can, and you keep jumping up that hill. And as Alan put it, trying to come from behind there, and you, it's very difficult at Ascot. So whereas Cheltenham, your position to get to is at the top of the hill. The position at Ascot is to get to the bottom of the hill. Now to get into the right position at Cheltenham, when you're at the festival, to me they begin to race as they go out the second circuit. On the ordinary races at Cheltenham, not maybe not Charles Day, you you begin to race at the top of the hill. So there's it's more of a staying race in those co- competitive races, and 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 that's why I I agree with you. I like Venetia's horse, but you I have got to give First Flow his credit that mm. he was able to get to the bottom of the hill at Ascot in a good race and hold his. Uh, form form over a fence to jump so well and, and keep going to gallop into the line. So you've got to give him credit for that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was a terrific jumping performance from first yeah. flow and a plitalog ran well in defeat. And as you say, uh, Scoo, no excuses from the from the team. Um, and looking further forward, obviously, we've got Altior uh, coming back at Newbury in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, do you think the it all lies with Chacun Poissois, though? He's the one with the least question marks <laughs> at the moment? Yeah, there is. A couple of questions marks over. Okay, I, you know, does this, this history repeat itself? I, you know, I, I remember finishing second to, and I have to be careful. That, you know, this is a hundred years ago. Finishing second to Deep Sensation, having two mile champion chase horses behind me, um, in Catabatic, and I think there was something else. But what what I feel happens at these two mile champion chases is. It, it, obviously, it's about speed. And as they get older, they lose that little bit of speed. And once they lose that little speed, they drop drop off quite quickly. And I could just see this year that there's a couple of horses getting towards the 
old uh, towards the uh, maturer side of their um, careers, and that allows something. If, if it's not Chacon Poussoir, there could be something a novice or something younger that, like Venetia's horse, that could come in and, and, and uh, run very well. That, yeah. That's that's why I see it this this year. But they they, they drop off very quickly. These two mile champion chase horses. But you know, and, and Altois perhaps. You know, maybe the Ryan Airs for him. They've obviously been thinking of that. They ran him over two and a half at Ascot uh, last year, was it? Because with all this yeah. COVID, you can't remember what year's year. But, yeah, against um, surname, yeah. Yeah, against surname. So um, they must have had it in the back of their mind because he races lazily over two mile. So um, those, those are my thoughts on the race. Um, just have a look at something younger and sharp. Yeah, interesting. I've actually I've, I've had a few quid on the granatine full nickels for the champion chase actually because he's he's very young. Was second to Plitalog, uh in the uh, Tingle Creek. Uh, Alan, uh, you were school. Shaq and Paul Suarez the the most logical option at the moment, or do you think a few of the, perhaps the older brigade can roll back the years for one one final bit of glory in March? Yeah, obviously Shaq and Paul Suarez the um, the obvious one. Is it a bit of a negative? It's never been around Cheltenham before. Um, and obviously the, the game, the game spirit to decide whether Aldior goes for another champion chase or goes to the Ryan there. But for me, the one that seems as though it's been, um, sort of gone under the radar is Nuba Negra. Nah, yeah, I mean, point. I mean, it, it literally trounced Aldior, um, over at Kempton over Christmas. If that had been if that had been Chuck, Chuck and Passois instead of Nuba Negra, yeah, it would be going. it would be one to three. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And but it's it's a question of has Nuba Neg was that a one off? Was it a bit of a fluke, or has it really improved that much from last season as a novice? Uh, I mean, did Altoir like, did did Altua run to his best? That's that's the conundrum, surely. Yeah, Altoir yeah, has come back to his. The only thing is, where's Peter, the third horse? Then? Yeah, yeah. I mean. Rouge Viv and um, the other one of um, of uh, Paul Nicholas's, which finished um, second um, in the slow chase. I mean, both of them were well beaten as well. So you, you couldn't say all yeah. three of those horses ran well yeah. below par. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nube Negra, uh, generally a double-figure prize for the Dan Scout team. And, of course, he's going straight to the festival. That's right, yeah. Uh, they're, they're not going to, they say he goes well fresh. Uh, evidence, in some ways, would support that. So, they're not going to uh, run him at Newby. Well, we, we should get out your against Granatine. And as yeah. you rightfully say, Alan, um, it would probably decide whether out your retires, whether he goes to champion chase or whether he ends up in a Ryanair. But um, that is all uh, something to look forward to. So, right. Well, would you believe it, whilst we're recording, uh, had the note to say that Cheltenham has been abandoned due to waterlogging. Uh, Cheltenham Trials Day will not go ahead. Nonetheless, of course, we do have some great action at Doncaster. Look forward to getting stuck into that. Of course, as ever, my thanks to Scoo and to Alan. Thank you for watching at home. Of course, don't forget, keep following Oddswatch on Twitter and Facebook and all the social media handles. And join us again next month where we'll be doing a review of the Dublin Racing Festival and looking ahead at all the big talking points. Bye for now.